This is Thurman Hayes, pastor of First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. We want to welcome you to this message from our services at First Baptist. We're a congregation that is seeking to touch lives through the life-changing power of the gospel. I pray that you'll encounter Christ in his power and love even now as you listen. Amen. I want to invite you to turn to the book of Isaiah this morning. If you're new here, we've been walking through Isaiah. And today we're going to look at part of chapter 50, Isaiah 50. And we're going to look at verses 4 through 10. So this is the third of four servant songs in Isaiah. These servant songs are parts of the, the book that just show the person and work of Christ just so incredibly vividly and powerfully. Jesus is the obedient servant, the obedient Savior that we need. So let's look at God's Word together. We're going to look at uh, chapter 50, and you can follow along in your copy of of God's Word, and we're going to begin with verse 4. And this is the Jesus, the, the servant speaking, the Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are instructed to know how to sustain the weary with a word. He awakens me each morning. He awakens my ear to listen like those being instructed. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I did not turn back. I gave my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who tore out my beard. I did not hide my face from scorn and spitting. The Lord God will help me. Therefore, I have not been humiliated. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. The one who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us confront each other. Who has a case against me? Let him come near me. In truth, the Lord God will help me. Who will condemn me? Indeed, all of them will wear out like a garment. A moth will devour them. Who among you fears the Lord and listens to his servant? Who among you walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord. Let him lean on his God. Let's pray together. Father, as we prepare to dig into your word together, we thank you for the incredibly vivid prophecy that this is and the, the powerful portrait of Jesus that we see here. And we, we pray that as we take a look at his perfect obedience on our behalf, his self-sacrificial love for us, that we would be drawn nearer to him, that we would love him more and be ready to go forth and share the good news of what he has done more. And so, Lord, we we pray now that as we dig into the word that there would be nothing that would distract and that we would be a people that are hungry and thirsty for the treasures of your word 
and that we would take what, we, what you give us here and that we would go forth and, and share it in a world that so needs it. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. I remember when our, our kids were small and they were going to a Christian school at the time. And a lot of times they would learn Caleb and Courtney and Cassidy little, little songs and they would perform them in chapel. And I remember going to chapel one day and, and they had learned uh, the obedience song. And it was like O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E, doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it joyfully. And I can remember sitting there as a dad and thinking, I love this song. Like this song, this song is going to be an ally to me and Melissa in our house. And we're going to sing this song together. And we did. There were times, there were times that we would go back to that song and say, hey, let's sing that obedient song uh, together that, that, that you learned. But you know what? Little kids are not the only ones who struggle with obedience. So, so many times in my life, I have not obeyed God at all, let alone joyfully. And that's the case with all of us, which is why we all need a Savior who obeyed perfectly in our place. And this passage is incredibly good news for sinners like you and me who have so often disobeyed. It's good news because when, when you are united to Christ by faith, the Bible says that his perfect obedience is credited to your account. So that one day on the, the day of judgment, what God will C is not all of your disobedience, but the perfect obedience of his son. His son's perfect righteousness that will be covering you. This passage is also helpful for us as believers because as those who have been redeemed, as those who love God, we desire to obey him. And this passage gives us a beautiful model of what obedience looks like. So let's look at it together. What what do we see here? First of all, we see the servant's obedience in his listening. The servant's obedience in his listening. Because unlike us, Jesus always listened perfectly to God. Let's look at the beginning of verse four. He says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are instructed. Another way that you could put that is that the Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue. This is Jesus speaking here, the servant. The Lord has given me a a well-instructed tongue, a tongue of those who have been well-instructed. That's because Jesus always listened perfectly to God's word. He never failed, as we do, to listen to to the word. And therefore, because he listened perfectly, he was able to instruct perfectly with a well-instructed tongue. 
Read the four Gospels. Look at the words of Jesus. There's no one that has ever been that brilliant that spoke with that authority, with, 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 with that kind of expertise. We, we live in a world where there are lots of tongues that want to say something. Unfortunately, not all of them are well instructed. Many of them are poorly instructed or falsely instructed. And it's always been that way with human beings. The internet has made it like a thousand times worse. And so you got people reading, feeding themselves garbage, and then with social media passing on garbage, which accounts for all the craziness with conspiracy theories and things like that um, in our day. And brothers and sisters, listen, it doesn't matter what it's about. It doesn't matter whether it emerges from the right or the left. I want to tell you something, lies are lies. Lies are just lies. And behind every one is Satan, the father of lies. But Jesus will never lie to you. Jesus will always, he will uplift you. Look at what else it says about him in verse four. It says, he, the Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are instructed to know what? To know how to sustain the weary with a word. I love that. How many times in your life have you been just discouraged and weary? And I don't mean just physically weary. I mean heart weary emotionally weary, spiritually weary, and you sat down and you opened up your Bible and the Spirit of God just spoke to you and sustained the weary with a word. And it was like fresh water just being poured out in your parched, dry soul. It was like healing balm to your weary soul. That's what the Spirit of God does, which is why we need the Word of God, why we need to listen to the Word of God. And listen, if you're really going to listen to the Word of God, that means that you're going to have to turn away from some other stuff. we, We can't like if we can't like immerse ourselves in hours and hours of social media and internet cruising or cable tv watching or or whatever like and and expect this to happen like that stuff needs to be radically slashed in most of our lives so that we've got more time to be still before god and, and listen to him so that we can be Psalm 1 kinds of people where we are delighting in the law of the Lord and meditating on it day and night so that we can be like a tree that's planted by streams of water that's yielding its fruit. What else does the servant say here in verse 4? He, he says that, that he awakens me each morning. He awakens my ear to listen like those being instructed. 
When you read the four gospels over and over and over again, you see Jesus getting up early in the morning just to be alone with the Father. Going off to pray, going off just to be alone with the Father. If that's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you and me. What's the first thing that you're allowing to come into your mind and your heart in the morning when you wake up? Is it regret over something that happened the day before? Is it fear about what you're facing that day? Is it scrolling through social media? <laughs> sometimes, a, sometimes a restless thumb scrolling equals a, a, a restless heart. <laughs> Is it notifications on your phone? Is it email? Friends, there's better news. There's better news than that. Let, let the first thing that you're bringing into your mind and heart be that you're listening to God. That you're, you, that you're, you're spending some time with God and, and his word and and letting his promises roll over you so that you're ready for the day. That was Jesus. Look at verse five. He says, the Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I did not turn back. Jesus' Jesus's ear was always open to God. He was always listening perfectly. He never turned his back and, and refused to listen Instead, he turned his back to a whip on our behalf. And that's the second thing that we see here, the servant's obedience in his suffering. The servant's obedience in his suffering. Look at verse 6. I gave my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who tore out my beard. I did not hide my face from scorn and spitting. After his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was subjected to a mock trial where he was, he was spat upon and slapped. Matthew 26 and verse 67 tells us, then they spat in his face and beat him. Others slapped him. You know, it's human nature for us to want to justify ourselves and to try to get the right verdict rendered over our lives. The good news of the gospel is that for us as believers, the trial is over and the verdict has already been rendered. And that's because Jesus went to a trial on our behalf. Jesus subjected himself to a trial where he was spat upon and slapped and beat and humiliated for you and me. He went through that, so for us, the trial is over. The verdict has already been rendered. Not guilty, but righteous. Not because we've not sinned, because we certainly have, but because Jesus never sinned. He was perfectly righteous, perfectly obedient. And now if you're in Christ, it's his perfect obedience, his perfect righteousness that is covering you. And that, for that reason, you can be justified and be declared not guilty but righteous. Not because of your righteousness, but because of Christ's perfect righteousness. 
What else do we see here in, 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 in verse six? He says, I, I, gave my, I gave my back to those who beat me. He's talking about the flogging that he received. Matthew 27 and, and verse 26 says that then he released Barabbas to them and after having Jesus flogged, handed him over to be crucified. So before Jesus was crucified, he was, he was, he was flogged, he was whipped. And, and Roman floggings were so brutal that a lot of times the person who was being crucified never even made it to the cross. A lot of times they just died during the flogging. And in Jesus' case, he was so weak from just the brutality of the flogging that he could not carry his own cross all the way. But what we're going to see when we get to chapter 53 and verse 5 is that it's by his stripes, those stripes across his back, that you and I can be healed And Jesus did all of this willingly for us. Willingly. Again, look at verse six. I gave my back to those who beat me. I did not hide my face from scorn and spitting. Jesus laid down his life for us. No one took it from him. In the garden, when they came to arrest him and Peter drew a sword and wanted to fight, what what does Jesus say to him? Matthew 26, 52 and following, Jesus told him, put your sword back in its place because all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot call on my father and he will provide me here and now with more than 12 legions of angels? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say that it must happen this way? What scriptures? Scriptures like Isaiah 50 and Isaiah 53. Look at verse seven. The Lord God will help me, therefore I have not been humiliated, therefore I have set my face like flint. Now Luke picks up on this in his gospel. He says in Luke 9.51, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face like flint. Jesus was absolutely determined to follow through, to go to Jerusalem, knowing full well what would happen there. He did it out of love for you and me. The the servant's obedience in his suffering. Third, the obedient servant's vindication. The obedient servant's vindication. Look at verses eight and nine. The one who vindicates me is near Verse nine, in truth, the Lord will help me. Who will condemn me? Indeed, all of them will wear out like a garment. A moth will devour them. Where are all of the opponents of Jesus? All of his enemies who put him to death, they're all gone. Where is Jesus? Risen, exalted, ascended, sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty and ready to come again to judge the living and the dead vindicated the fourth thing that we see here is the obedient servant's word for us 
In, in verse 10, the, there's a shift here. In verse 10, there are a series of questions that are directed to you and me. Who among you fears the Lord and listens to his servant? Who among you walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord. Let him lean on his God. Now the questions are coming one by one at us. Who among you fears the Lord? Who among us has feared God as we should? Who among us here has held God in the reverent awe that we should hold him in? Every single one of us has failed to fear God as we should. Every single one of us so many times in our lives have shaken our puny fist at Almighty God and said, I know that you command me this way, but I'm gonna do it my own way. And we have been arrogantly defiant toward God. None of us has feared God as we should. Who among you fears the Lord and listens to his servant? Every one of us has failed to listen to God as we should. There have been so many times in all of our lives where we've listened to everything and everyone else except God. Where we allowed his voice to be drowned out and we listened to everything and everyone else. Not a single one of us has listened to God as we should. Who among you walks in darkness and has no light? How many times in our lives have we walked in self-imposed, self-inflicted darkness because we ran from the light? We ran from the light. We didn't want the light because the light had a truth that we didn't want to hear. Let him trust in the name of the Lord. Let him lean on his God. It reminds us of, of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. But how often in our lives have we done the opposite? <laughs> how many times have we, have we not trusted God? How many times in our lives have we tried to devise our own schemes to provide for ourselves or to protect ourselves or to get what we want instead of trusting in, in the Lord? How many times have we gone the route of self-reliance instead of leaning upon God as we should? We have all done that time and time and time again in our lives. In short, we have been disobedient. Every single one of us has been disobedient so many times. 
So why is the perfect obedience of Christ good news for people like you and me who have so often been disobedient? Here's why it's great news. Because when we are united to Christ by faith, when we turn to Jesus and trust him, his perfect obedience, his perfect righteousness is credited to our account. When you are united to Christ by faith, when you turn to Jesus as a repentant sinner, and you're born again, Christ's perfect obedience is credited to you. A sinner, so that on judgment day, what, what God sees is not all the times that you've messed up, all of your disobedience, what he's gonna see is the perfect obedience of his son covering you. His son's perfect righteousness covering you. His son's perfect obedience, perfect righteousness that has been credited to your account. Romans chapter five and verse 19 says this, for just as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so also through one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. One man's obedience, one man who lived the perfect life that we could never live and who died the death, we should have died. That was Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. On the cross, he was covered with your sin so that you could be covered in his righteousness, his obedience. That's why this is good news for you and me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the beauty of the gospel. Thank you for your grace for sinners like us. We thank you for the perfect obedience of Christ and the perfect life that he lived and the death that he died on our behalf. And Father, we pray that as those who have been redeemed by your love, that our love for you would only deepen and our desire to obey you would only grow. Knowing how much you love us, may our love for you be deeper and our desire to obey you be deeper. Father, I pray for anyone who's here or anyone who's, who's watching who, who came into this service or watching this video who did not know Jesus as their Savior and Lord and King. Father, I, I, I pray that right now, by the power of your Spirit, that somebody who's here or somebody who's watching this would turn turn from trying to do life apart from you 
and, and turn to Jesus and trust him and lean back into his finished work on their behalf. His cross, his resurrection, his perfect obedience for us. And it's in his name that we pray. I hope you've been blessed by this message. Christ is the answer for every need, now and for all eternity. As someone once said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, and everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Have you trusted in Jesus as your Savior? If not, why not now? His arms are open wide to receive you. It may help to pray a prayer like this. Father, I know that you are holy and that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I know that you are a righteous God who must punish sin, but I believe that your son Jesus took my punishment for me, died in my place, and rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. Right now, I turn to Jesus and trust in his finished work for me. In his name I pray, amen. You know, the Bible says this in John 1.12, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that means that if you've received Christ, God has adopted you as his beloved child, his very own son or daughter. Just imagine it. Almighty God, the Lord of this universe, the one who possesses all authority in heaven and earth, is now your loving father and you are his child. You say, I love him. How can I honor God with the rest of my life? Well, when you love someone, you want to spend time with him. We get to know God through his word, through prayer, and through his people. I would encourage you to pick up a copy of the Bible and begin to read it. Begin to pour out your heart to him in prayer. And find a church family where the Bible is preached, where Christ is exalted, and where his love is flowing. If you're local, I want to invite you to the church I pastor, First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. 